title of this morning's talk is, uh, and I thought about different ways I could title this uh, particular thing I want to talk about that's difficult to, perhaps you'll recognize of what it is I'm pointing at, and perhaps you can ask some questions about it after I talk a little about stacking emotions. And it's something that we do, I don't know if it's an actual stacking or, you know, it's all kinds of, I look at laminating, you know, shelving. But stacking seems to be fairly good. That metaphor may or may not work for you. And if it doesn't, then maybe you can you can find another uh, direction to go. Pardon me. But there's something that is happening as we practice, as we sit, as we endeavor to hold everything still and watch the movement, as we endeavor to see the way we keep making things difficult for ourselves. And and the and when I'm saying the reason, I don't know exactly that this is the reason, but I would invite you to check this out in your own uh, mind. Uh, if you if you meditate a lot, you will be probably, as far as I can tell, more apt to be able to see the fundamental dynamics that are happening in consciousness. Like just knowing the difference between a thought pattern, which is built of concepts, and, and emotion, which arises out of some kind of quality that we would call dependent origination, or it's something that comes from something else. This is the illusion. Something comes from something, moves into something else and becomes something else. And we're, we're magnetized. We're entrained into that. And we chase things down. It's called passion. We run away or we fight. It's called aggression. Or we just, in order to substantiate our own self, we just ignore everything. Just a, that's a way to, to uh, close in and make the cage of our afflictions, to quote uh, uh, Nagarjuna, uh, make all the bars real, very fluffy. No problem. No, I'm just here on my ranch in Idaho, just living my life and jumping from one thought, reassuring thought to another. Well, at least I have. Well, at least, at least. How many times have you used that? Not a question. Well, at least easy to do. It's, it's, it's kind of semi-comforting. So stacking the emotions, if, if when you're sitting, I'm not saying you can't see this, mind triggers some kind of uh, a difficulty in some area, and then emotional things come, seem to come, they seem to leak through the thought patterns. And it is not about stopping. If, if you try to stop feeling something, if you notice how good that works, uh, you don't, you, you can't really just stop emotions. And, uh, even a, even someone who is an actor can't really start them. Um, they're they're acting. This doesn't mean there aren't ways to use that whole emotional dy dynamic to act. I'm not an actor, other than I'm pretty much pretending right now. For your benefit, give me something to do. So stacking is a, a metaphor for the emotion comes up. For, it's like uh, Trungpa Rinpoche's uh, uh, idea of first thought, best thought. It's just whatever the initial situation is is probably pretty close to what's actually occurring because what happens the next the next stack or the next layer that comes up on top of that is probably emotional i'll just say it this way and then you can take it in your own direction you can write your own script or you can listen to your own script because it's probably uh, talking to you well, something happens and instead of just experiencing that just that just the texture quality of that we abandon that for a it's like there's a it's like a sandwich it's like uh, there's the bread of the of the first emotion, and then there's the meat of the thought patterns about it, and then we put the other slice of bread on top of that, which is more emotion. So it's it happens like, you know, just make this noise, but it's click 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 click. It goes it goes so fast that it looks like what one thing. We're often confused by when many things look like one thing, and sometimes we even use that. We even say, well, we're all one which is, uh, well, I won't use that word. How about wrong? I'll use that one. And you should take issue with me. If you think uh, if you think you want to come this direction and discuss this with me, I'm all ready because I don't know anything that you don't know. If I knew more than you knew, I could not do this. If you don't understand what I'm saying, then you can ask questions. But the layering quality is something, uh, as I said, it could, you could have a, another metaphor if you sit and watch, especially if it's an emotional thing uh, while you're sitting. But even in every day, you're in the kitchen doing something, you notice somebody didn't do something they said they were going to do. Or possibly it's not something about somebody else. It's, it's here I am feeling that same way. Why, why am I feeling? As soon as you say why, 
you actually you actually destroy or abandon or uh, uh, you know subvert whatever other kind of word could come up. I don't know. Is that a noun? I'm supposed to answer? Is that a noun? Is it with that one with the a? You're an English major, aren't you? Oh, you failure. Okay, yeah. I forgot that part. So the idea is always about awareness. It's about and the awareness. The way awareness shows up in its in its raw state is you don't know what this is because if there's some kind of knowing, uh, some kind of a, a replacement knowing, or some kind of a idea about it, uh, uh, that it's a conceptual situation that comes in consciousness that is quite filled out with emotions around it about the situation that you're thinking about. Um, I was always disappointed when I heard uh, the Vidyadara, Trungpa Rinpoche, when asked the question, so what, what's, what, is, what are emotions? And he said, high-speed thoughts. And I've used that sometime at, at times because I think it's a very difficult thing to describe conceptually. And um, I would say you would need to find out rather than I use a, either repeat him, which I have done, or, or try to describe it. But there's something... There's some quality that happens between the, the, the thinking conceptual process and the emotional qualities that arise that I think, uh, I feel, needs to be, notice that, think, feel, uh, needs to be brought together in your consciousness rather than you try to chase, uh, chase around something that I'm uh, trying to explain to, explain to you. Just like in the five skandhas, there's form and then there's feeling. And then there's a perception impulse or perception, and then and then there are concepts. So there's there's a, those things are divided up in a particular way. And if you read about the skandhas, which probably you have looked into that somewhat, you'll notice that quite often they're just described quite a bit differently. Sometimes put in different orders. The way that Trunko describes this as high speed thoughts, what would a thought be in that case? Slow. <laughs> Um, that would be, and that's, that's kind of the difficulty with that. Not that he's, doesn't, doesn't have a, a, some kind of a, a way of helping it help me when I first heard it in like 1974 or five or something, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't go far enough. I think when I say far, I mean, and see how, how is it that you personally, uh, will, like I'm doing here talking about. Uh, you can use metaphors or whatever to describe a particular experience of the boundary between what we call concepts and what we call emotions. And is there one? And is a, is a concept uh, motion, are they always hand in hand? Or are they actually the same thing but show up differently? Investigate. This is a, this is a, a form of a, or this is a, force, a form of investigating this uh, situation. Sometimes it's even called the pashana which I don't use that word, but it has been used that way. Thinking about the sandwich um, image that you used earlier and thinking about first thought, best thought, when we're starting out, it seems like that first thought is that entire sandwich, which includes like a whole mm -hmm. triggering process. How is that closer to what's showing up? Yeah, I, I would say that it, it has less of, uh, of the attitude of abandoning what's showing up for something else and more of an attitude of having a willingness to to just not know what that is, to see in terms of its structure, but not know what it's pointing at. That's the disappointing part about the thought process. Uh, if you go into it, you notice that it starts to rotate inside of its own description. It doesn't lead to something that is, that, oh, now I understand that. It tends to rotate around. You follow me? He follows me. What did I just say? follows me. <laughs> 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 any other questions uh, or more if you have any other questions about this and you can i like to do this mutually i can talk away here but if you could ask questions based on what you're understanding we'll go back and forth and we'll do this together yes can you we started to say sometimes we'll ask ourselves why am i feeling this way and then you said as soon as we say why you didn't finish your sentence. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you say why, you've actually abandoned the very area that would give you, uh, uh, that would help to deepen your understanding about that. And we opt for some kind of 
construct, we keep going, we keep going away from the very uh, dark forest that we may need to go into, into, well, there's more sunshine over here. There's more light. I can, at least I can see these things. I can see the field. I can see the frogs jumping around. I mean, I, they're, all, they're visible. So we feel more protected and comfortable going in circles. So, to, but, but to turn back and look at the direction that we might have to take if we're going to work with our own, uh, um, what, however you would describe it. So you could, some people, you might describe it. I would describe my situation as I have moved uh, through this, whatever this is, uh, as a, a, a uh, insanity. It's being unclear about what is occurring in the apparent out there and the apparent in here. So if, if you can go in circles, but if you're on this path, if you spend any time at all sitting down facing a wall and trying to understand or see uh, what is moving, then that takes you into to continue that visual metaphor. You're on the edge of there might be something scary in there. There might not be, but it's we don't want to face that. It's uh, it's intimidating to the the ego. We're, we're looking for some kind of some kind of nourishment for ourselves. Uh, sometimes it's called self-esteem. It's just a misunderstanding. It's just, it's not that you don't have to have some of that um, in, in some kind of solid feeling of confidence or relative confidence. But ultimately, if you're on this path, you're you're basically saying just by stepping on a non-theistic spiritual path, which means you're going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you're going to do it yourself. I'll help you. And the Sangha, very important. Usually in our culture, this seems to be more ignored. In ancient times, they had monasteries and people had to follow orders. They had to get together. Here, you know, you can kind of come and go. But more so, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, three jewels. Sangha is really important just to be with other people who are, who are taking the same attitude or similar attitude of making this very important to find out who we are, what this is fundamental understanding before the body goes back into the elements because it won't be long death comes up without warning as as has been said more if we look at an emotion and we don't ask why it's arising but understanding that emotions still look like some sort of relative it's being caused by this if if the cause comes of its own if it just shows up uh, and you don't respond by saying, "Oh, that's why." In other words, you don't cover cover up the very, the very, the very uh, information or understanding. It might be a better word for it that that appears. Uh, don't cover it up with some kind of conclusion about it. Uh, then it will because nothing lasts. Then that very that very uh, uh, understanding starts to morph into other shapes, and you get you get to observe that. The movement keeps going. It doesn't solidify in a conclusion. You heard me talk about that quite a bit. Don't conclude. I'm not saying that conclusions aren't going to happen constantly, but to be to fluff yourself up as a concluder, someone who knows, someone who knows this is right and knows that's wrong. Uh, better to be, uh, yeah, I could probably give a talk on that. Stay in the dark. That's where the light's at. The, the light is not in the light. That's for after you pass out of this realm. Sure. If we stay in the dark with the, and we're looking in motion, will the skandhas still show up? They could. I mean, they could. It's, it's a concept that we uh, that we use to see the whole, the kind of totality of me and my life and what I'm doing. If we look at the, the me feeling, we'll see that it's made up of those parts. Traditionally, it's just a traditional way of talking about it. form, feeling, perception, concept, or thinking process. Six sense fields and their objects, uh, receiving uh, touch, taste, smell, hearing, and this all getting together. And it's like they're all uh, all little gremlins, and they're all holding hands, and they're all saying, us, us guys, we're it. We're on the me team. Me, 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 me. But if you look closely, they're, they function fine by themselves. You can actually, uh, you can ha actually have form without uh, those other ones necessarily hooking up to it. This is why the uh, sitting practice of meditation through watching that, watching what moves, eventually you'll begin to get a deeper understanding, more clarity around how those uh, those work in, in line with the, the three poisons, passion, aggression, and ignorance. And it's just about the awareness of it rather than getting rid of it or getting something else, getting ahead, 
not falling behind. It's about the awareness of it. First, backing emotions. Um, do the skandhas fuel the stacking if we keep trying to do something? Uh, so that, that's a there's an area there where uh, there's an area where you, we're not saying don't do everything, don't do anything, never move or be a um, be some kind of a stoic person or something. But but have whatever your action is, excuse me, come out of the awareness of what of everything else that's happening, uh, a situational kind of thing where you're you're no longer about some kind of self promotion or self demotion, no longer about doing anything with that other than it's just there, and it, it's unreal. You don't have to get rid of uh, of uh, ego. It's unreal. It's not a solid situation, and this the situation with the skandhas may show up uh, along the lines of the, what those concepts are pointing to, or it may not. Can we get to the base of the stack without taking it apart layer by layer? I, I think that it's about just seeing that what's happening, just just observing that it gets stacked up and don't interfere, don't try to not do that. The, try to manipulate your mind so it does something else. There's a lot of practices, countless practices that are about getting whatever ha is happening to you to go away or getting whatever is not happening to you to come be bigger, more enlightenment, more clarity, more, 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 more compassion, more wisdom. I'm not against those, but I would just, uh, might want to start out right where you're at rather than go into some kind of process to, uh, get something else more. Did you? If an emotion arises and we've already asked, why it's there? What should we do then? It's fine. All you just be aware of it. It's not about correct and incorrect. It's just noticing that that comes up. So there, there's a there's a um, witnessing quality to this that by just practicing and keep it very uh, minimalistic. Less is better uh, from from the point of view of trying to understand what's happening in the consciousness. Each person has to do it themselves, and what's happening in your life. The, your, the whole drama of your life is happening. We tend to buy into the success failure thing and just uh, it's overwhelmingly magnetizing to think that there's good things happening and bad things happening. And so, yeah. The feeling of disappointment comes up. Like, I'm disappointed that I've asked why. Have I covered up? What have I covered up? You haven't covered anything up if you just, you just have a feeling. comes up. Uh, disappointment is uh, of, all, of all the teachings that uh, Trungpa Rinpoche that he had. That's one that's been very important to me in my practice over the years. Is uh, one disappointment after another until the final disappointment, which is awakening itself. It's, it's powerful because it, it, it directly points right at, with a sharp edge, points right at the self-centered, the ego, ego, the ego that wants something more. That you're, you're actually here. You have this incredible Buddha nature. Is wisdom mind, and but because of the materialism, because of being uh, addicted to success and addicted to not, and and you know, and, and the whole society and our culture, our family, and everybody's lecturing us all the time. But you got to get a job. You got to get an education. You got to, got to, got to, got to. You got. You should go in the military, or you shouldn't go in the military. People are telling us all kinds of things about everything. So it's about being aware of that. And that, and the disappointing part of that uh, is about uh, uh, kind of like it's like we thought this was going to happen, but that did not happen. And not only did that not that not happen, but it's very disappointing that almost embarrassing that we didn't see that we didn't see that the nature of what we've been trying to learn has been right in our face. And something like the mm -hmm. Shoshi, I don't know what I was going to say now. What you have to say is more important than what I have to say. Uh, just kind of understand more thoroughly what you mean by stacking emotions are you pointing at yeah. emotions themselves or the thought patterns that come with them or so yeah yeah that's probably not a very good metaphor but there's something that's happening that has that kind of a quality to it something comes up and we it's it's like we put something on it but maybe we blend something with it there's some kind of a an activity that you're sitting and you have just if i'll, I'll paint a little uh, make a little story here you have something that just happened that that triggered some kind of uh, feeling of uh, of, uh, of uh, 
regret or some kind of any anyone any emotion that you can think of, and we do something else with it. Even happiness, the emotion of being, this is really working. I'm so excited about this. How am I doing? It's pretty made up, but we 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 instead of just receiving that, and even that word is not close, but it's like that. And instead of just that's the case, that's what it is. Instead, we do something with it. We actually abandon the very uh, immediacy of our life. Uh, and this area there, that immediacy, what I'm trying to point out is very difficult to do conceptually. Um, and I, when I say this, I want you to ask questions if you, if you have them. I both see this and I don't see this. That's actually seeing it. If you see it as a, if it's evidence, no, we're, we're back to the police department. We're back to the court system. We're back to right and wrong. We're even back to a fundamentalist practice of any uh, spiritual path. Right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, success and failure, religious and profane. Yes. Yeah, evidence for what? For anything. I mean, in terms of this path. If I see an emotion, I consider it evidence for evidence. something somebody did to you, like somebody insulted you or, or they said they were going to do something for you and then they didn't. Or they betrayed you in some way, and you have emotion. The 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 natural thing to do as a human being is to the reason I'm feeling this way, this disappointment, this feeling is because of what they did to me. It's not that that doesn't have a relative truth, but it's just relative truth, and it, and it causes us to go continue in that labyrinth of cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect to actually buy into pratyaja samudpada dependent origination. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that that evidence that we're looking at now is is the stacking quality, that feeling of uh, justification? That could be, you know, that could be lunch meat, or you know, if you prefer, if you don't, could be tuna. Yeah, so a silly thing, but I mean, I said, but yes, it's some kind of quality, and and each person here in your sitting practice and your uh, post meditation meditation, you'll notice that when just the next time any emotion comes up. Notice if there's anything, if the emotion is just that, if it's just what it is, if there's a feeling of not, this is the thing the ego uh, gets uh, uh, um, f- kind of frightened by. If, it, if, it's, if there's an emotion happening, it doesn't know what it is, it needs to label that. And what do we, quite often, if we don't know what it is, we'll go to, if it's negative, depression. And as soon as you say depression, you've actually stopped investigating. Even though the whole medical community and uh, therapists and people in general will, will just like uh, the word suicide, not a good word. People who are bringing their, uh, their, this life form to an end, uh, it's different for everyone. And to put, lump them all under one situation is uh, um, uh, disrespectful, not intentionally, but disrespectful because of the desire to know what's happening. We want to know what's happening more than we want the truth. We want relative truth to stand up and take a stand and be something, be somebody. Make something out of yourself. What are you doing studying Italian? You should be going to college and getting a degree in nuclear bionics. Hagaran. Um, could you say a little bit more about how memories fit into that? You touched on that, but a feeling comes up. We have a memory associated with it. Yeah. Can you say more about that? Try to. So the whole, uh, uh, the whole what, contingent of whole memory factor that 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 gets that resonates with it, and the, the memory our memory situation is so that's so sensitive. Like I think I said a few days ago, I can't remember when I said all I have to do is say to any one of you, um, remember your tenth birthday, and what will happen? In every single case, every single case, you will either remember it or you won't. It's called memory. It's not about the content. If you think it's about the content, you're hooked, and you're and you 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 traverse that particular um, uh, situation we call uh, time and space, past and future, this and that, success and failure, and all the other the labyrinth of relative up and down, back and forth, male female, life and death, success and failure. Uh, I could go on. And on. <laughs> so could you. Go ahead. Another one. Should we should we view memories as just uh, like a current event right now that we just the raw emotion and not label it, not anything like, oh yeah, that was really bad of them to do this or whatever. Should so, we just like look at it as a current situation, even though we remember something in the past? 
No. Don't do anything with it. Do, do, do have no no kind of no particular weight. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No way to no no. This happens, and now I'm now I'll just let, look at the look at it this way or something. Do nothing with it. Be uh, just whatever's happening, uh, whatever feeling uh, is coming up, maybe with that memory or the memory itself or the content or the the up down a uh, good bad uh, memory. Just uh, let it be. Don't meddle with it. Don't do anything with it. Don't squeeze any truth out of it. Any success feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Can we always see the process of stacking? Can emotions just show up in a stack? Probably. That might be more uh, like memory, maybe. So the image I often use is you have a, you have a, refer, uh, sometimes referred to as the alia, the storehouse, and you have uh, things stored, and you don't, but you don't know it. You're just going along until something out here uh, happens at uh, uh, 30 hertz or whatever, and that that matches up with the particular frequency that this was stored at, and uh, it's just that dependent origination. This goes like this, and this and this causes uh, some kind of reaction, or suddenly this storehouse. It's like that, like the frequency of that drum is the key to unlocking the sound that's in the window. Hit the drum when the humidity and the temperature is just right, or whatever it is, causes and conditions. The drum doesn't always do that, but sometimes that window will rattle. But if you rattle the window, the drum doesn't sound. Have you tried that? So it doesn't, it doesn't, there is no reverse. Yes, sir. Ed? I'm having trouble with it. If something comes up and I don't do anything with it, it goes away. So how, how what, do you, what, do, what am I really observing? Or what should I be looking yes, at? It, Sounds good to me. Pardon me? You didn't do anything. If it, it goes away. It's it, seems like, it seems like there's nothing constant. Everything's changing. Uh, yeah. It comes, it disappears. It's okay. Gotcha. Sounds good. Keep doing it. <laughs> you, I, I can tell you, you, you can do that until you have no questions. You might not have any statements. Oh, okay. All right. Thank yeah. you. you might not even come here. I would never come here. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to a person like this. Yes. A couple of questions that can come in online. The first from... Hmm. Vishal in San Jose. Instead of a wall, can one keep a lit candle in front, or should it not be used as it can give a reference point and lose the Shikantaza basics? So, what was the name again? Vishal. V. v? Vishal. Vishal. Sure okay. Works. Well, that's good. Okay, I just was wondering if it's someone I'd talked to before, but uh, in San Jose, so. Uh, so having a, a focal point could be helpful somewhat, and I, without meeting uh, this person, I, I wouldn't give uh, advice on, no, no, just do it my way. I would say, I don't know, maybe, but I wouldn't spend, uh, wouldn't spend a lot of time. And another thing is I have no idea if this person's been meditating for 20 years or if this person started today. So Vishal, I don't know, I don't know you, but I would say um, you should trust yourself. So uh, get help, get Get support from others, like you know you're doing here somewhat, but also um, the only thing about sitting still and holding a candle, it tends to um, the popular term is hypnotize you or entrain you, and sometimes that's called jhana states. I'm not saying it's not some kind of magical state where nothing's happening and it's some kind of samadhi. I don't mean to be mocking anybody doing anything. Um, but I would, you know, everyone is, uh, everyone's wiring, everyone's karma is different. We're, we're, we're the same. We're all human, supposedly. But everybody's, so the causes and conditions that arise that make this person or uh, various people and different abilities, uh, talents, or handicaps, however you want to say it, they're so different. So this is why it's so important. This is why I teach the way I do, is because I know that I could not have had any kind of understanding about this without spending a lot of time looking at what this is. And so that's why I teach you sit down, hold still, be a minimalist, uh, and even don't even have the candle. I mean, you could, you could contrast, you could do the candle for, um, you know, for uh, an hour, uh, for five days, and then don't use anything, just use a wall for an hour for five days. I'm just a suggestion. And then see what happens. And if you get, if you get entrained, if you feel happy looking at the candle, then probably that's just uh, entertainment. But if the, if, the, if the looking at the candle or looking at a point tends to uh, 
uh, even though you're looking at that, tends to um, break down the, the tendency to grasp at something that, that starts to come apart. Uh, then uh, looking at a candle may, like if the candle goes away and all you can, all you know about is the room and your other sense fields get liberated into what liberated into receiving instead of manufacturing based on the thought process, which wants to take responsibility for all the, all the, the five sense fields. It wants to own everything. This is what you're feeling. This is what you're thinking. This is, or this is what you're smelling, tasting. And this is why this is sounding like this. this is, so again, I'll say it one more time, more simply. Uh, if it works to open things up, then maybe. But if it works to just hypnotize you and give you the feeling that you're a meditator, this is probably uh, uh, self-deception. The feeling that you're a meditator or the feeling that you are being aware, the feeling that you are being mindful is, um, that word works pretty good. Self-deception, yes. There isn't anyone. He has a follow-up comment. He says, with candle, it's peaceful, but shikantaza, it's craziness. Do shikantaza. Based on your talks, craziness is good. Yeah, good. And and again, I'm not, I don't, I don't need any more students. I have plenty, but if you, if you need any, Further uh, response to that, uh, sit for six months and move back to me. Sit uh, a couple hours a day for six months. Yes. Um, just to continue on his que first question, and your answer was trust yourself, get help and support. What can you, for someone who's at a distance, can you describe what that might look like? Yeah, so I'm very specific. Trust yourself. There's no, there's no teacher here. There's no sangha here. If you're looking at a wall, that's the idea with the elimination diet for ego is to sit down and eliminate everything you can without being without brutalizing yourself. So sit down, hold still. Don't sit on rocks. Sit on Zafu. <laughs> sit on one of these. Sit on a cushion. Sit down, hold still. Sit symmetrical, and then trust yourself. Tr whatever. Uh, when I say trust, uh, don't believe anything that happens. But don't disbelieve anything that happens, and don't ignore anything that happens. And that's that's fundamentally trusting the situation, because if you do anything other than that, you're abandoning the very thing that is arising in what your consciousness. Why would you argue with your consciousness? Why would you argue with your Buddha nature? It's not a why question. Yes. I'm just asking, too, about the support or help. What, what do you mean by support or help? Buddha, Dharma and Sangha. And our tradition is uh, the three jewels. This is a way of doing it yourself. But you have some support by someone who has more experience than you do. And then you have a community of people who are all uh, their their basic sincerity, their basic earnestness uh, is to find out what this is and who they are. So you find out yourself. This isn't you can't hand somebody wisdom. You you can you can't even hand them a prajna. You can't hand them a, a, a discipline or a generosity. You know, but you can point to it. And sometimes uh, that's why it's so necessary, I think, and probably wrong about it because I'm just going by my own simple experience. Need help. I needed help. I needed help to have somebody just, they would just point out in their own way where, where I was having the, where I was going too far into me, me, me and my understanding, my wonderful wisdom. And it felt like, it felt embarrassing because they can see you. That's why it's embarrassing to uh and it's disappointing is because the the ego mind that thought it was going to get awakened and help uh, save all beings would be a wonderful one someone that everyone would admire you know be a sage not gonna happen yes earlier you said something like um you both see it and you don't see it um and in that situation where um what is that not seeing is that not denying that there's wisdom? It's not that complicated. This is just you don't know anything. There's no longer anything that arises, you don't draw a conclusion. If it arises, it arises. And if you're drawing conclusions, that's just another thing that's arising. So you can't get behind and find out if there's an ariser. If there's someone witnessing there. No witness there. Things just arise. It's called perception only in the Yogacara. You should not be mantra. Tradition of just the perception, not what's perceived, the object. And not the person who's perceiving that, or the subject, just to perceive, just a, just a perception itself, just a way of talking about. It. Even that is kind of loose net. It just it, it works, and it, it works until you start to use it, and then that collapses. Then there isn't even, isn't even a perception. But first, you got to get to the bridge before you can jump off. So, which end of the bridge should you 
which end should you approach the bridge? Should you come from this side of the bridge or that side of the bridge? If it's a bridge, it's like the very nature of duality. It's trying to help you here. In my case, you probably have to build it first. <laughs> yeah, better get started. I've got another project that I've been doing measurements for here. So I'm not sure if I'm going to have you do that or uh, what's that other guy? Uh, Transparent Earth. What is his name? Toji? Yes. Question from Shane in California. Why does ego fear death? Probably, simply put, it's probably just uh, the intense identification with the body. We, act, we actually think it's not even a thought. It's just a basic underlying assumption that I'm here and it's my, if we cut our finger, I've cut my finger. So it's, there's, a, I, there's a lot of stickiness there. It doesn't mean you have to uh, go the other way and, and never eat. And, and you know, wear rags and be uh, some kind of abstain from everything to, to see. You could actually see that the, the body-mind complex is not real. I mean, right? you can see it right now. It's, it's obvious. And so uh, ego is worried about that because it, the identity is with the body-mind complex. We think we have, it's our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and our mother and our dad and our our success in our job or our failure in our job, just you know, take your pick. Don't don't take your pick. But anything that arises is always about self-reference. It's a, the seventh consciousness that talks about uh, that self-reference. That's one of the aspects of the of the paranoid part of the mind that thinks something needs protecting. And and you know that you could say I, I have no idea, but fundamentally, but you could say that that might come out of uh, millions of years of running away from woolly mammoths you know and we're afraid and we're identified with this body and we need to eat we need to uh, you know invent band-aids a question from laura in Trevor city yes laura who is it that is noticing listening to the teachings just observing trying to stay in awareness there's no to say who is it that i understand why you would say that because you can't if you look you can't really find anyone uh, but something happens when we start to look there, we're looking for some kind of a result or some kind of a evidence, you know, there somebody is there. And you could do that a little bit. So, but you could, I mean, you could go on, I could go on and elaborate and say, well, it's, um, what's that that Rumi said? What, what does it say on, uh, on Rumi's? Uh, uh, it says what you are seeking is seeking you. What you're seeking is seeking you, which is kind of a way of turning the whole thing around. I'm glad I was able to help you, Laura. <laughs> okay. Is there a quality to arising that isn't content? Yes, it's when uh, when you you see that what is moving is not some not a not something, but it's actual space. So yeah, and and that is not knowing what that object is. And when when there's space, we don't know what that is because it isn't something. But when something arises in space that we don't know what it is, then you see that it's, it's a space and what is arising are not two different things. This is the beginning of duality, not a compliment. But it's a good question. Keep looking at that. That's, that's what my job is. Keep looking at that. Sure. Can that just become a really intense feeling? Sure. It may be. It may become a really intense feeling. That you still have no idea what the, what the emotion is or what the feeling is. Question from Susan in Traverse City. Yes, Susan. What about visual memory? Simply an emotional response? Something to observe? No, just observe. Visual, I'm not sure exactly what you might, what might be bringing up your question. If you noticed, um, I'm sure you have, but if you have, a, say, if you remember, um, it's just an interesting uh, little experiment. Just remember uh, maybe your high school photograph. Of you, picture of you, and uh, and now has everybody kind of had that somewhat? You know, kind of a memory. I'm looking at mine and thinking, hmm, interesting person there. And now, um, now imagine uh, um, what the back of your head looks like. Okay, now now remember. Uh, I'm going to go the same direction. Remember the remember what's going to happen the next time you look in the mirror. Remember that. How's that working? Do you, you see an image in the mirror? Uh, is that is that memory? I mean, I said I use the word memory. 
but you're able to generate that regardless of what I could have said. It's a jar of pickles. I'm going to call looking in the mirror and seeing your face a jar of pickles. Okay, now go to a jar of pickles. Now, do you actually go to the pickles or do you go to... You see, I, I'm just saying, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be silly particularly, but sometimes can't help it. Uh, but the, the concepts are have kind of stickiness to them that gives them some kind of credibility. And we use that to manufacture uh, things about our emotions, about our life that give us the illusion, and I emphasize that word, of control. And, and when we have the illusion of control, then we have the illusion of a solid three-dimensional world that where time and space, where past and future are very solid uh, um, uh, determinants of, of how we handle our our life, our feelings, our emotions. You, you, this path might cause you to feel more crazy, but less of a person who's crazy. But they, the craziness could get more difficult, especially if you're if you're endeavoring to function on the bodhisattva path of being all things. If you're going to be with all things, you're probably not going to feel really good because most of the world is not feeling so good. There's going to be a big dose of that somewhere. On the other hand, and on the same hand, eventually you see that the very nature of emotion is unreal. Uh, you can get a little taste of that if you if you go watch. Uh, I'll just pick out a movie that probably nobody's seen. Uh, you can try to remember that movie. Uh, like The Shining, Jack Nicholson. Just a really scary, intensely, intensely scary movie that I really like because of its... Uh, the production and ability to create the illusion of terror. But I'm not going to go back and watch that because I, I don't care for that feeling. It's <laughs> scary. <laughs> so um, I'm just saying that that, that is totally unreal. And that's, the, the, that's your kind of uh, cue or clue, you could say, to seeing that, you know, what happens tomorrow when somebody at work, you know, mistreats you. I'm thinking of your situation you just it's, it's not that it's there's an intense emotions or feelings and somebody isn't really doing that but if you can see it as unreal then you can see how completely hooked the person is on their fear and on their emotion and you could say the reason i hesitate to use that kind of a word in this context but you could see that they're suffering that's why they're acting mean and aggressive uh, not because not that you did what you did didn't trigger somebody you didn't do anything they keep imputing that you did something. That's why they're validating or using that evidence that you did something to actually have this emotion come out so they can um, be aggressive with you and be threatening or whatever. But it's the whole, the whole thing is uh, The Shining. It's unreal. It's a movie. How is seeing that someone's suffering helpful? Well, very simply that you, you realize that it's, uh, it's dependently arisen. You can see the dependent origination in the situation. This causes that, causes that, causes that. The person, you, you see that they're, you see the, the a larger picture instead of just immediately, because you're not particularly being you know, triggered. So, uh, and the more you practice this, uh, I'm not saying your emotions are go away, but the, uh, the identity of someone who's being abused or something uh, tends to become more transparent. And as it does that, the actual emotion that's being triggered can be can become more intense. The person that is is suffering is actually getting rid of their suffering to some extent by attacking you. And so they they it's it's very nature of the three poisons. The the, the passion comes up, the hurt feelings, the being in, being instead of instead of that person just being with how they feel. Being, you know, not stacking the emotions. If you start stacking those up, uh, the, then the emotion goes at some point because of the the ignorance that is uh, completely fraught with uh, uh, with ignorance. You're ignorant of this is what's happening, and therefore uh, you can turn that all into aggression and and attack somebody. And and by doing that, you for a few moments you might feel totally justified, and you're just you're not particularly suffering at all because you're you're angry. And when you're angry. You don't really feel that, but then when the when the anger starts to die down, then we go into some kind of remorse, which is back into passion again. Remorse. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. And we might go and apologize. That's why I say apologize once. Because if you do any more than that, you're just spinning a wheel. One time is pretty good, pretty direct. Sorry, I punched you. More. Who would be the best one to call on? More from Shane in California. He says, 
When you say don't sit on rocks, do you mean everybody except Shane don't sit on rocks? And then he has a real question. <laughs> I like that. He's working with himself pretty good. <laughs> What's his real question? Does ego die when the body dies? Is ego a manifestation of the body? Ego is just, uh, as uh, I think one of the best uh, descriptions I've heard was by my teacher, Tungpa Rinpoche, who said ego is a paranoid insurance policy. It's, it's consciousness that is so completely vast and perceptive that if something, uh, something somewhere, there's some kind of a, of a, uh, something happened, it's dependent origination that causes the, the all pervasiveness, one's Buddha nature, Tathagatagarbha. And you could make up a story about it. You say, wait, we'll come back down into this because it's a big school and we all need to go to school. So we can't be this later, but right now we just have to be human beings and practice and whatever. But uh, what was that question again? Does ego die when the body dies? Is ego a manifestation of the body? So ego, is, as I was saying, is unreal, so it, it can't die. Yeah. Um, it's never been born, and it's unreal. And so it's, it may be there, it may not. Once you have an understanding of what that is, that it's, uh, it's just an uh, accumulation of uh, positions and, and tightness and uh, obstruction and passion, aggression, ignorance, a pride, envy, and all that bundled up into some aspect of consciousness we call in the yoga chart traditions called the seventh. But then there's the storehouse area of the consciousness. Then there's just a consciousness that has a visual uh, orientation towards objects and colors and shapes and distance. And so, but all those get together and create somebody who um, needs something else. Second noble truth of the Buddha is first one, of course, is discontent or suffering. And the second one is uh, we want things to be different than they are. So nothing really dies. Yes. Question from Greg in the UK. Okay. How do we trust ourselves if there's nobody here? Probably the only way you can trust yourself. Because ego isn't going to trust itself. There's no, there's no one doing that. When I, uh, here's another way I would say it. Don't abandon the consciousness for something else. So whatever's happening in the consciousness, it's, it's, let me say it more directly. Whatever is occurring in your mind, if, if, you're, if you're endeavoring to train your mind and there's an intention or a sincerity or a, uh, um, a, a, I can't think of anything else other than sincerity or earnestness, you're earnest, you're sincere about wanting to find out what this is, not just join Buddhism or study the Prajnaparamita literature or something. And that may be part of it. If you're doing that, then that's how you can trust yourself. And whatever rises, you need to see it. There's nothing to correct. I'm not saying there aren't things that are really difficult and rough around the edges and hard to swallow, so to speak, and other things that are a lot easier and smooth and make things more comfortable. But just receive even-handedness with everything. Be, be your life. Don't miss your life. Don't miss the very karma that brought you into this life. Don't argue with your nostrils. Don't look away from them. Uh, a, in, the, in the Zen tradition, there's a, in the, of course, the Zen is very direct, uh, direct pointing at the nature of the mind. And one of the things they say, uh, someone, uh, a, I think, asks uh, some monk, I can't remember their name, asks uh, another monk, a, a teacher, um, some kind of esoteric question. <laughs> I can't remember any of it. So help me here. <laughs> okay. So I, I'll, I'll come up with a, I, I'm not, not good at jokes. I can remember what leads up to the punchline or I can remember the punchline. You don't get both. <laughs> uh, so this is the punchline. Uh, the nose is vertical. The eyes are horizontal. So it's just a very simple, you know, little concept about what's showing up in the vision, but not much. There's just, you, you only need a little, and that's what you could trust. You just trust your basic first impression. When you first see somebody that you've never seen before, it's a completely new uh, situation. And insofar as you can, don't add. Uh, be, be willing to have no idea who that is. What, don't, don't look at their skin color or, their, or their, their sex or their sexual orientation or anything about their age or anything about them and jump away from that into something about the uh, people who are, look like that or act like that or are of that particular category. That's trust. Yes. I had a question about how you brought up like a work situation and then the question was asked about, um, Rosie talked about how they're doing that because they're suffering. Can our own self-centeredness cause them to have that projection onto us? 
You mean if, if they're sitting there and minding your own business at lunch, eating a sandwich, and they look over and you're acting all uppity? I can express my reservations. <laughs> um, when, I, when I hear that teaching of like, well, they're doing that because they're suffering, it seems really easy to invite like, well, it's just their problem. Like, I have no... no I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's their problem. <clears throat> that would be producing something. You see what's there. You receive what's happening. But you don't jump on board with it. Well, they need to meditate. Or, or, or even, uh, even to any kind of addition. All you, excuse me. All you have to do is just receive. And the way you learn to do that or understand or, or change your change gears and recondition yourself to stop grasping at relative truth, uh, the way that, that our culture emphasizes all the time is sit down and practice just not doing much other than receiving. Just be a receiver. And then when you come out into post-meditation, then any production you do or any doing activity that you do will come out of a bigger, stronger understanding or stronger awareness. Uh, about the situation that you're in that person uh, whoever is a uh, either person either the either one that you described if something is out of balance and there's something the causes and conditions are there to to adjust that or to use the common word tweak that in some way without meddling with anything uh, then it'll show up and also but if you if it's just about awareness then all you can do is receive the suffering rather than the anger I mean you receive the anger too but hot on the heels of the, of the anger is a, a extreme sadness or misery or loneliness of this person. You know what I'm talking about. All of you know. And don't fix them. Don't never reach into somebody else's karma and try to twist things around uh, based on your idea of how they should be. You have no idea what kind of railroad track they've been on for the last 500 generations. You have no idea. We barely know who we are. You have no idea all the things that propelled you into this environment. If I look at my life, um, just the, um, the stories, uh, different things that I've been through since I was born, I'm, I'm just astonished I'm sitting here in, in this situation. It's astonishing. But if we are functioning as somebody's trigger for their negativity or their suffering, are we at fault for their Of course negativity? not. Praise and blame. This is basic Buddhism. Uh, of course not. I think you already know that. Are you asking on behalf of others who might not know? No, there seems to be like, like I said before, it's really easy to to not take responsibility for somebody else's. Yeah. And we, the idea here, and I'll just say it as simply as I can, whatever you're feeling, that's it. Don't have. Whatever you're thinking, that's it. Don't have. Just very simple. Keep it very simple. Be a simpleton. Uh, even Trungpa Rinpoche in the front of one of his books, I think it was one of, the, one of the first books in the cover sheet, he, he, he referred to himself. He said, uh, uh, Chogyam, the Kasulu. And I looked up Kasulu and he's simpleton. So he was very complicated and simple at the same time. Um, to kind of go along with Shoto's question, when somebody is telling you that you're the reason for their negativity or that you're causing it or bringing it up in them, when that happens with me, I get into a protective mode and I don't want to be around them or be in their energies anymore because it, it almost makes me feel sick. Is that, is that something that I should work with? Should I just completely remove myself from the situation until it feels right? So it's difficult to give you advice or comment on that because there's so many, so many variations and so many variables in that. I would say less is better. Spend if you when you do spend time with that person, depending on all the other things, on what, if there's a relationship or if it's a what it is, an employer, any all the things it could be, is uh, keep it to a minute. When you are with them, uh, instead of spending half hour an hour, you know, keep it to five minutes. And while you're there, just receive. And when you just receive, just uh, let them. I'm going to say it in a uh, kind of a crude way. Let them dump on you. you know, let them get rid of their negative feelings by blaming. It's not that there might be some relative truth in it. You may have said something at some point that that you maybe you didn't know uh, that triggered them. Uh, maybe you deliberately did something because they upset you and having this uh, little uh, low low level skirmishes going on with people. But less is better. Just uh, make the the time you are uh, as, as uh, simple and clear as possible <clears throat> by just receiving. 
just listen. Like I sometimes say, listen 90% of the time, talk 10. And that way you're not producing very much and you're mainly listening. And that means that when, if you're listening, you can also say, uh, I'm, I, I see what you mean, but could you say more? I mean, actually invite them to, to dump on you, so to speak. And if you do that, it, what it does, it, 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 People don't want to hear that. They want the warfare. They want you to fight back. Stand up for yourself. How was that? We've all been taught that. You need to stand up for yourself. I was told that when I was very young. Punch them. (laughs) And all I'm saying is listen to them. Just listen. And, And you don't have to be some kind of saint or some kind of person. You can actually listen to them and still feel like they're, they're, uh, I was going to use one of those bad words. What type of word can I use? Um, a bad a person, huh? A word, a word. They're a stir face, jerk face. Jerk face. Yeah, you can still, you can still have that. You don't have to get rid of anything. You can include that. Include what they're doing. Include your uh, mindset about them. Just don't, as I've said many times, don't hook up the vocal cords and and try to get rid of your own negativity. So receive their negativity. And it, and it will show if you do it enough, it'll show up as you'll see, you'll get the whole uh, enchilada. You'll get the fear and the anger and you'll actually see what they're doing. And then it's very possible that compassion, which is the only way compassion should work. It should arise spontaneously out of what receiving. If you give everything your attention, then the compassion, if it's necessary, arises spontaneously. And it's not uh, some kind of sympathy. It's not a, a compassion is not an emotion. It may have an emotional tinge or flavor or color or tone or texture, but in itself, it is a, it is just an aspect of wisdom. A question from Tyler in San Diego. Given that paying rent and feeding my dog seems necessary, how can I work with relative success and failure in my career? Without knowing, uh, Tyler, without knowing who, but the whole dynamic is it would be difficult for me to respond. Um, read it one more time and I'll, I'll see if I can't, if something doesn't show up. I mean, I could think something up, but that, that's what I'm telling you not to do. <laughs> Don't do that. So try to come out of the space of what's being said. Go ahead. Given that paying rent and feeding my dog seems necessary, how can I work with relative success and failure in my career? Yeah, I'll keep it very simple. Less is better. And of course, it goes without saying, uh, train your mind. Find some time to unpl- unplug the food processor mind that's thinking about the dog, thinking about the rent, thinking about the success and failure. Pull the plug and plug it back in. Then get up off the cushion and then do post meditation. And don't try to do me- meditation in-, in your everyday life. Don't try to be mindful. This is what that looks like to this old man. I'm not saying there aren't people that are saying, be very careful how you move the spoon and and notice that the fork is not a spoon, and notice that suddenly the spoon is starting to get tines. That's uh, taking too many drugs. So very simple. Keep it keep it very very simple. Be very, like uh, I was saying, the uh, chogi on the kasuto. Keep it very simple. Just be a simple person who's just receiving the world as if you were a child. Be a child of illusion, as it says in Atisha's Seven Points of Mind Training, Ultimate Bodhicitta. Thank you so much. Keep the mirror at the back of our chant books. I'd like to remind everybody about the classes. At the end of this year, 2019, we thank everyone for their generosity, contributions, and look forward to your continued support in 2023. The ten directions of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones. Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. Little Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokoboji Buddhist Temple Monastery. 
its buildings, gardens, and all adjoining areas from any and all dark or negative energy. Remove and dissolve any negative energy or devices. Fill everything and everyone with light. We shield and protect the light our teachers, monks, students, and all practitioners of the Dharma. Our families and friends from negative forces and energy from now on. Help us to realize the truth of the 